podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. A very belated Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Whether you are a mother who listens to this show or you have a mother and you forgot, you should probably go back and tell her real quick. This is not our normal Monday episode, but because of the holiday, Andy and Jamie had the day off. We wanted to spend it with our, our wives, our moms, well, in Jamie's case, not wives. Andy and I's case, wives, uh, but with, with family. So short pod today, we have a great, great interview for you. Coach Mulkey, not that one, of Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling. Yes, there's an Acrobatics and Tumbling. Baylor is the best team in the sport. Won the national championship this year, sixth straight. Mulkey's won every championship in this sport. It's crazy. So she is fantastic. You're going to learn a lot about the sport, how, why it is one of the fastest rising sports in college, and why it will soon have an NCAA-sanctioned national championship. Very exciting. Great interview. I, it's, it's really good. And I, I would ask and suggest that you stick around for it. Before we get to that interview, a couple of things. Big weekend for Big 12 in sports, baseball and softball. The two biggest series in those two sports was this past weekend. The top two teams in baseball, TCU and Texas, faced off Texas, the series winner in that winning two out of three games, and that series was worth what we thought it would be. I mean, you got a 5-4 win by Texas on Friday, a 2-1 win by TCU on Saturday, and then a bit of a Texas blowout on Sunday. But I mean, this series was as exciting and close and interesting as we had hoped it would be. It was absolutely fantastic. Props to Texas for getting that series win. Now, there's still a lot of Big 12 baseball to be played. TCU's not out of it. They're at 16-5. Texas is a game back. They had that tiebreaker with the series. Texas takes three games back. Lots of Big 12 baseball still to be played. So the regular season is not decided. TCU still has three games to play against Kansas State in the final week or weekend of May. Texas still has... 
three games to play against West Virginia in the final weekend of May. So this uh, this regular season title, not decided yet. Speaking of softball, the best two teams in the Big 12 are in the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State Bedlam in Stillwater, three games. Huge, crazy, wild series. Oklahoma State getting their first win over the Sooners in softball in a decade on Friday night in an incredible performance. And then OU rising to the challenge on both Saturday and Sunday and coming away with 6-4 and 11-8 wins. That Sunday game, Oklahoma built up a 9-1 lead. and OSU came roaring back but couldn't close the gap enough. That was an impressive weekend. If you have wanted to get into softball, that was your chance to do so. You should have had, you should have done so. It was incredible, incredible weekend series, and I watched all of it. My wife played softball. She loves watching softball. I'm, my my girls got to watch some softball. I watched some cowgirl softball. It was a great time. Props to the Sooners. It was a great show. If you want to get into softball, I'm not sure there's a, there's not a better series in in the Big Twelve than Bedlam. As Oklahoma State has come on the rise, these are the two best teams in the conference this year. And then the Big 12 softball tournament will be this coming weekend. We'll try and have some sort of preview for that uh, on Thursday. Yes, I know I'm teasing that, and I probably shouldn't, but uh, what can I say? It's what I want Thursday's show to be, as, long, as well as some other football talk. We'll figure that out at the time. As we, as we head to the end of baseball and softball season, we're getting closer to summer. Focus is going to shift back to purely football for the 2021 season. And the big storyline this summer is going to be name, image, and likeness. The state of Georgia has, has basically cleared athletes to earn NIL money beginning July 1. That is with the law they passed, and it's kind of a crappy one because the, the way Georgia wants to set it up is like the schools get like 75% to spread out amongst other players. Socialism. Um, but here we are. Mark Emmert coming out just a couple of days ago, Saturday, in fact, And he wants NIL rules in place by, you guessed it, July 1. Because they want to have control of this stuff. I I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how this is going to work. This is a giant mess. Georgia's not the only school that will have those NIL NIL rules go into effect on July 1st. Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, New Mexico as well. Something's coming. By this fall... You're going to see, and before then, really, but really, as the season gets going, you're going to see players able to make money off their name, image, and likeness this football season. It'll start affecting recruiting a lot as we head into the early signing period in December. But this football season is going to be interesting. What does this mean for this year? Like, it's it is such an interesting topic that we're going to get discussed over and over again. I'm glad it's happening. I wish it wasn't such a cluster because you're putting. You letting politicians decide this stuff in the NCAA, and there's no way it's going to get it done right. And it's going to take a while before it finally is done right. But in the meantime, we are taking steps closer. Everyone always gets mad. Why ain't everything perfect right off the bat? Uh, you guys should have had the. I can't believe you guys didn't. You do not buy version one of an Apple product. Why? Because there's always problems with it. There's always kinks. There's always things you have to get worried to worked out. You wait. You wait a little bit because you just never know. You just never know. You never know what's going to be wrong with something until you really get out in the market and start to test it. It's the same stuff with these things. It's the same thing with new rules or laws or anything you want to put into place. They're never perfect up front. They're always flawed. And that's okay. That is okay. What is most important is that you're making the steps toward progress and then, in theory, operating under good faith and working out the kinks along the way. we got way too many cooks in this kitchen, but at least they're trying to make something palatable. Right. So NIL is going to be the topic of the summer. I'm very excited to learn more about it. I'm very excited to hear people talk about it more. 
It's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And I hope you are too. Players should be allowed football, basketball, softball, acrobatics and tumbling, sand volleyball, beach volleyball. Sorry, DC. Sorry. I don't care who they are. The athletes should be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. Period. Whatever sports you're in, however much you can make. Everybody talking about football players are going to sign $10,000 deals. Do you know how much any sort of student athlete would love to just get 500 bucks? 500 bucks. That's it. That's it. This is good news. It's great news for college athletes. I'm pumped for them. I cannot wait to see how the story develops moving forward. Also developing this summer, Big New Saturday Season 2 for Home Field Apparel launches in June. That is the Home Field Apparel who produces the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. And these aren't just like, hey, just look at the logo. It's a cool logo. No, no, no. They care about college athletics. They care about college sports and they care about going into the archives, the history books, working with people to find the coolest, most unique logos, designs from these schools and putting them on the most comfortable sweaters, hoodies, and t-shirts imaginable and some baseball tees. And they're adding new schools this summer for Big News Saturday season two. In fact, they've got something really cool that's going on. These subscription tees. You can get a new shirt each week during Big News Saturday. Go to homefieldapparel.com. You can sign up for subscription tees, or you can check out the more than 100 schools they have available right now, including Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Iowa State. And they have so many good shirts from so many good schools. Tulane, Delaware, North Dakota State, Hawaii, Hawaii. Sorry, I've been trying to get my daughter to learn how to say Hawaii because my mother is there. So she wants to talk to her nana. So it's like Hawaii. I know it's Hawaii, but you know, the two-year-old. Sorry, off topic. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2. Get 20% off your first order. I'm going to tease this. If you're a Big 12 school that's not currently on Homefield and you haven't bought anything yet, just hang on to that promo code. It's going to be good for a little while longer. Okay, because I, I can I can tell you there are two Big 12 schools that will be coming during Big News Saturday. Two, there's four available, there's two more. Four that aren't, sorry to those four. Um, as I was basically told by Connor, quit being squirrely schools and they can probably get you soon. But two new schools getting added. So remember that promo code for 20% off your first order, 1012, T-E-N-1-2, and be rocking the most awesome, comfortable, vintage college sports apparel there is. I do as a favor, follow us on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow us on the gram at 1012pod. Leave us a rating. Five stars would be great. In fact, that's that's what we really would like is five stars. It helps us out a lot. Especially if you're a fan of the show and you listen on iTunes, I mean, really that's where the ratings and reviews go is iTunes. It really does help us a lot. I, I hate asking, but it it does. Like it's, it's just something that I got to do. I got to do it. Uh, leave us a review if you wouldn't mind. We'd really appreciate it. We will read new reviews here on the podcast. In fact, we got a new one last month from 33Ron08. Hate WVU. I'm not sure why you hate us so much, but I'll listen. In parentheses, I'm kidding. So obviously a West Virginia fan, 33Ron08. Appreciate you listening. We do love West Virginia. You are the drunk uncle of the Big 12, and I don't know anybody who doesn't love a good drunk uncle. No, you're still not a geographic fit, but I'm happy to have you as long as you are here, and we'll continue to praise West Virginia. We're up to 48 ratings. We're at four and a half out of five. Would love to see that tick up to like the 4.6, 4.7. So do us a favor. Leave us some ratings and reviews. We would really appreciate it. It helps get word out about the show. Helps more people find it. Helps more people check it out and go, hey, this looks like a good podcast. It's about the Big 12. Let's listen. So all that said, great interview, Coach Mulkey, Baylor, acrobatics and tumbling. Let's get to it.
Hey guys, Christine Butterfield here. And Madison Morris. And together we host the Winning Women Podcast. This podcast is all about women's empowerment and creating a positive platform for females to tell their stories. Each week we interview players, coaches, reporters, journalists, and much, much more. The conversations we have are unique to each guest and they always have words of wisdom to share. Listen to the Winning Women Podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Presented by the Highball Network. Here on the 1012, we say we are the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. But I also like to be the podcast that covers all the sports in the Big 12 Conference as well, which is why I'm, I'm very excited today to have Felicia Mulkey. She is the head coach of the Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling Team. Coach Mulkey, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I, I, let's just get that out of the way real quick. Uh, there is no relation to now former Baylor women's basketball head coach Kim Mulkey, correct? There is no relation. Random coincidence that we ended up at the same school. No relation. <laughs> that's, that's, I saw the name. I was like, okay, I have to ask. I just have to make sure because <laughs> that's, that's a wild thing. Um, I want to start off right off the top here. Baylor uh, now winning their sixth straight national championship in acrobatics and tumbling this past season. They've won the last six in a row. You have been the head coach for all of them. In fact, you have been the head coach for every acrobatics and tumbling championship sanctioned by NCATA uh, since 2011. You were the formerly the head coach at the University of Oregon and then came over to Baylor. I mean, that is Nick Saban levels of, of success that we're talking about here. So uh, for you, what do you attribute to that level of success that you've been able to have at, at both of these schools? Uh, I think every every successful team has a great team culture. So I, I believe, I mean, just the wins and in, in the records and stuff like that, I attribute it to my team and the, the team leaders and the culture that we've created. Um, but it's a young sport, so we're growing, you know, so uh, will it be great when it's not me winning a national championship? Absolutely. But I'm going to keep trying to win them as, as long. And when there's 100 schools, I'm going to keep trying to win. But um, yeah, I think if you just attributing to the wins and the success, I think it's team culture all the way around. Yeah, I'm curious. This is a it's not a sport I was as familiar with collegiately. Um, and, you know, like I said, you coached at Oregon. You now coach at Baylor. Outside of that, the most of the other schools that, that sponsor the sport are not schools people are going to be as familiar with. You've got West Virginia Wesleyan. Right. You've got University of Mary Hardin Baylor. You've got uh, Hawaii Pacific is one of the better programs mm-hmm. in the sport. I'm curious, having been at both Oregon and Baylor, what is it about this sport that, that Baylor believes in and views as something that is worth sponsoring? That's a great question. If you'll allow me, I'll give you just a brief history of the sport. And I think yes, it please. some light for you and for the listeners too. So this sport is the evolution of different disciplines of gymnastics, right? So if you think about gymnastics, you think of the Olympics or you think of collegiate gymnastics. Um, but what people don't realize is there's so many different disciplines of gymnastics at, outside of artistic, which is what you think about normally. And then with artistic, thousands and thousands of young women are, are training in this skill set every day. And they don't make one of those 1800 positions on a collegiate gymnastics team. They're not going to the Olympics. What are they doing? So this, this sport was created about 12, 13 years ago to actually be at the collegiate level, to open opportunities for women at the collegiate level. Right now there's 8 million young women training in this skill set across the country. They're training in it under the guise of artistic gymnastics, acrobatic gymnastics, trampoline and tumbling, power tumbling, even competitive cheer. So depending on, and because you think about it, cheerleading is ridiculously athletic these days, but what are the athletic aspects of cheerleading? 
tumbling, and acrobatics. So what we did is we took those skill sets. When I say we, it was a group of coaches and college administrators, all women, took these the skill sets and put it in a package and made it available to fit into any university in the country for the sole purpose of opening opportunities for women to compete at the collegiate level, to truly meet interests and abilities for these young women. So we started with six schools across the country and we are now at 30, well, it's not official because they haven't been announced. We're announcing two schools this week. You're the first to know, I can't say the names, but two more schools this week. <laughs> We're at 37 schools. So every school that, uh, that adds the sport is 40 new opportunities to compete at a collegiate level. And while you and I are Big 12 fans, right? So we're thinking this is the end all. Any collegiate opportunity for these young women to go to school and wear that jersey and continue their athletic career is a win. So right now, you know, your big flagship schools are going to be Oregon and Baylor and Quinnipiac University, which is a, a division one up in Connecticut. We have a Presbyterian down in South Carolina. There's a lot of Division I schools whose names that you know that you're going to see popping up adding over the next 12 months. Right now, there's a lot of Division II and Division III schools. And there, it's kind of like, if you think about it, if there were only 37 football schools in the country, think about the talent that would be at just those 37. So the parity is there. You know, um, Azusa Pacific was in the national championship against us this past year. Phenomenal program, Division II out at Southern California. But um, that to kind of give you a little bit of history. And so a building on that too, there, and not a lot of people are familiar with this, but the NCATA, National Collegiate Acrobatics and Tumbling Association, that is the governing body for our sport. But we've been working for the past 12 years to become an NCAA sanctioned sport. So there's two levels of that. The first one is to make it on the NCAA emerging sport list for women. And so we've done it for 12 years. We worked at that. And there's certain things that you have to go through and, and different things you have to show. As of August the 1st, 2020, acrobatics and tumbling is a NCAA collegiate sport in every division in the country, all three divisions. So we are on the NCAA emerging sport list. And right now we have 37 NCAA member schools to get to championship status. You have to get to 40. Um, NCAA member schools. So we are that close to being just an NCAA championship sport. What is the difference there? Well, that when we become an NCAA championship sport, the NCAA will sponsor a championship under the NCAA blue dot umbrella, right? And then the NCATA will then still, still handle rules and things like that and become the coaches organization. So just a little history of the sport and where we are and where we're going. And, and we are growing by leaps and bounds and we'll probably be well over 40 Back to your question, why does Baylor see this? Because they want to be on the, they want to be the standard. They want to be on the forefront. What Baylor sees and what our administration sees here is, yeah, this is not, this is not something that every school has, but it's something that every school should have. And it's a phenomenal opportunity for these young women, the student athletes that come on campus to be a part of the sport are amazing student athletes and are so grateful for every opportunity. So I think Baylor, I'm so appreciative of how much they support the sport and support our student athletes. And I think they really just want to set the standard. And they, you know, my athletic director is talking to other athletic directors about adding the sport. Um, so I think, you know, maybe you and I'll talk in a couple of years and we'll be at double this number, right? We'll be at, at 80 schools and we'll be talking again. But I hope that sheds a little light because I know if you just come out just talking acrobatics and tumbling, people are like, what in the world is this? So there you go. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so I, I think so, so people understand 
like when we talk about the difference between non-NCAA and NCAA sanctioned, when you when people want to count your we've got this many national championships across our sports, like oftentimes they don't include the NCAA sanctioned sports. So your school could have national championships and other things. We, we, we kind of joke about Texas Tech a lot with their meat judging and, and their wool judging and championships and like stuff like that, which is fun. But to get uh, acrobatics and tumbling to NCAA sanctioned means – now, I, I would be curious, does that retroactively add the previous national championships? Are they sanctioned and become part of the record, or is it only championships moving forward? As far as Baylor is concerned, they recognize all of our national championships. We are sponsored as a varsity sport here at Baylor. So scholarships, every everything that every other student-athlete gets, our student-athletes get. So we are recognized. We have a banner in, in the Ferrell Center with our championships on there. Um, this was the first year that our championship – um, while still run by the NCATA is as an NCAA emerging sport. So I'm hoping in the next two years, we'll be hanging up an NCAA banner in there too. But Baylor does recognize all of our championships. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was every, I, I don't mean that as a, the school doesn't care, obviously. Oh no, not at all. Praises take- all of their championships. Um, but when you get fan stuff and, and I get it, you know, you count the ones that but right. I am curious, you know, you, you kind of explained this, but what really is the difference between acrobatics and tumbling as opposed to gymnastics or as opposed to cheer or stunt? Okay. So acrobatics and tumbling is, um, as far, okay, so I'll take them in three different ways. So as opposed to gymnastics, in gymnastics, there's four different apparatus. Um, the meat looks different and you could go, there's tons of differences, but in acrobatics and tumbling, it's a two inch foam bonded mat that is, uh, that is in the middle of the gymnast- uh, uh, the middle of the basketball arena. Um, everything takes place on that map. Um, gymnastics, there's four apparatus kind of going on at one time. Acrobatics and tumbling, there are six different events for a total of 20 different heats throughout the, throughout the hour and a half meet. Um, and at any given time, there could be between one and 24 athletes on the floor, depending on that heat. So the different things that are, that are competed. So in gymnastics, you're going to have vault, bars, beam, and floor, right? In acrobatics and tumbling, everything takes place on the floor, but the different events are going to be acro, which are, you think of like a Cirque du Soleil type things like hand-to-hand balances, foot-to-hand balances. In cheerleading, you may call that stunting. It's the same thing. It's gymnastics in nature. So it's, it, we call it acro. Um, but there's, there's an acro event. There's a pyramid event where you're going to see acro stacked two and a half people high maybe standing on a back bend someone's in a back bend someone's standing on their legs or holding a handstand up above so that's the pyramid event where you're stacking um then there's a halftime you go into the toss event uh and then there's a tumbling event where there's three group uh passes and three individual passes and then the team event is the last event and that is 24 athletes on the floor set to music everything synchronized so if you're from a gymnastics background, that looks like a gymnastics routine. If you're from a cheerleading background, that looks like a cheerleading routine. But in reality, it is um, the, the background of it and the makeup of it going into it, the way it's scored is completely different. So that's the different of gymnastics. So there's going to be um, about an hour and a half meet, lots more opportunities to compete. You're going to compete in more group things, synchronized things. Um, if you compare it to cheer, Cheer is uh, two minutes and 30 seconds set to music. Everybody looks exactly the same. Choreography, you're scored based on what you look like. And, and the, the art, in gymnastics, we'll artistry, but like the dance and, you know, all of the different things. Uh, it's very, is subjective the right word? It's where there's a lot of officials' opinions or judges' opinions in cheerleading. Um, 
Most of cheerleading is run by a company called Varsity Brands. And if you're going to be on a cheerleading competition, you're going to be paying Varsity Brands to go to these competitions, a for-profit company. The difference between stunt and acrobatics and tumbling is a little touchy. It's really not, not much difference at all, except stunt was started by Varsity Brands, which is a for-profit company. And acrobatics and tumbling was started by a group of college coaches and administrators. The non-organization that is actually uh, in the business of, um, you know, what's best for the student athlete. Stunt is cheerleading teams competing in a different format, but competing that basically the same skill set that what we're doing. So that that one's a touchy subject because they're also going for emerging sports status too. And they basically are have done exactly what we've done, just under a different umbrella with a for-profit group. Got it. Okay. Very interesting. How how does recruiting work in a in a sport like this? I mean, we, we, obviously we we love to talk football and basketball recruiting, and when you start to get into other sports, I mean, softball started to become a bigger deal. You get into other sports like baseball and stuff; it gets it gets hard to kind of follow this kind of thing. How does recruiting work in in your sport? It is, you know, people ask that all the time because they're like, "Well, what you know?" There's youth acrobatics and tumbling. There actually is. We have a bigger recruiting base than football. We recruit from all of those dis- different disciplines of gymnastics that we just talked about. We also recruit from competitive cheer. Um, as people have become in those two worlds have become more aware of what we're doing. We even have, ironically, you know, the stunt group will claim, oh, we have high school stunt teams. We recruit from high school stunt teams. It's all the, sca- it's all the same skill set coming into college. So uh, we're out, there's combines that we go to that, that are held around the country. Um, and we're just like any other sport going out to gyms and to club organizations, to high schools when we can go out. This is pre-COVID and soon to be post-COVID, but going out and talking to these student athletes and we're filling positions on our team, much like a football team, because there's different, you know, there's bases, there's tops, there's tumblers, there's athletes that can come in and do the same. So um, I, to give you an idea, um, there is a list of about 220 student athletes that graduated in 2021 that Baylor did not take onto our team, if that makes sense. So that it is crazy. And that is, that is interest that has just come to us. That's not us going out and looking for it. Um, I have 16 in my signing class. I'll have 56 on my team next year. Um, The, the, and that we're not turning away, you know, um, athletes that aren't talented. We just literally don't have room for them. So as more schools add this, you're going to see it. There's enough athletes in within this skill set that want to be recruited. And when I say skill set, that encompasses gymnastics, competitive cheer, everybody with that background of tumbling and acrobatics to fill as many schools in the country as you want. Yeah, I mean, looking at the website, you guys had 50 on the roster this year for, with, with girls from all over the country. I mean, obviously a lot from Texas, but Arkansas, Florida, Iowa, California, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Uh, obviously, you know, you guys being the the cream of the crop, the the best program in this sport, it, it shouldn't be too hard, I would guess, for you to to find the best athletes to come and, and, and compete for Baylor. Yeah, we have a lot of great interest. And I, I think what's happening too, so like I kind of said earlier, if there were only 37 football schools, imagine the talent on all 37 of those teams. These young women that are seeking out these opportunities are going to our website and filling out, not just, I, I when I say our, I mean the NCATA website, and they're looking at all of our schools. They're, they're, if you go to some of these schools in West Virginia, these smaller schools, what you mentioned, West Virginia Westland. I mean, they have a lot of kids from West Virginia, but go look at these rosters. Every school in the country, over 50, at least 50%, I shouldn't say over, at least 50% of their rosters are from out of state. 
because athletes are looking for this opportunity at the collegiate level and they're traveling across the country to get it. What is the scholar? How does scholarships work for you guys? You know, there's, there's limits for football. There's 85 on the roster at all times. Baseball's got that weird 11.7 situation. How does the scholarships work for, for the sport? It, we are similar to baseball. So we're an equivalency sport as opposed to football being a headcount sport. So we're an equivalency sport. And that is, um, we have the max for the NCAA legislation, maximum amount of scholarships is 14 for our sport. Okay. So an equivalency works just for those listening that may not be aware in football, you know, it's a head count. If you get one penny, you have to get a full scholarship or you're a walk-on. So there's no in-between. In our sport, in equivalency sports, soccer, baseball, softball, um, you have an, an equivalent amount of scholarships that you can then divide up between the teams. So you could give partial scholarships and do give partial scholarships. Cool. Okay. I was curious about the the max there because I know every sport's a little bit different when it comes mm-hmm. to that. Coach Mulkey, this has been really fantastic. Thank you. i, I I feel like I've learned a lot. I think our listeners certainly certainly have. Uh, I know you can't tell us what the new schools are. I'll be keeping an eye out um, to see what comes. And man, just three away. I mean, obviously at, at that close, I imagine the uh, the efforts and the fervor right now amongst all the coaches and administrators who who care about acrobatics and tumbling are working their tails off to find those last three to add in to, to get that full uh, NCAA sanctioning. Yeah, they're, they are there. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, schools have their own timeline. So we're just waiting for them to get ready to announce. But thank you for your interest. And I really appreciate you having me on. And um, yeah, keep an eye on it. I think you're going to be talking more and more about this. Maybe not, hopefully not just to me. Um, I'd love to see some Big 12 schools add. So it'd be fun to have a little Big 12 championship for acrobatics and tumbling. So we can look forward to that. Absolutely. Coach Mulkey, again, thank you very much for joining us. And, and yeah, I, I absolutely hope we can do this again soon. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great one. Podcast Network.